Hello and welcome to Teach, a podcast about teaching and learning in South Australia. I'm Dale Atkinson from South Australia's Department for Education. And I'm Anit Miller, primary school teacher at Westport Primary. In this series, we'll take you to a different school every month where you'll meet engaging educators who are working hard to inspire our students and they may have had their own trials and triumphs along the way. Today we've travelled to Kapunda Primary School, which is an hour north of Adelaide, on Naradjuri land. We pay respects to elders past and present. Are you an early career teacher like me? Perhaps you've been teaching for a while now and wondering what next step you can take. Today we're talking about building your career in the teaching profession. There are four stages you can go through as a teacher. Graduate, proficient, highly accomplished and lead. Shortly we're going to hear from two lead teachers, Belinda and Gemma, about their experiences and advice for teachers, plus why you could have a lot to gain from teaching in the country. But before then, Dale, what is making news? Well, we're into April, so there's a lot going on. Uh, First and foremost, consultation is now open on the next chapter of our workforce strategy. The workforce strategy is aiming to enable every person in the workforce to perform at their best. So together, we can achieve growth for every child in every class, in every school and preschool. The focus this year is on designing a workforce plan for educational leaders and teachers, To help us shape this plan, we want to hear from you and your thoughts on the key issues, opportunities, and also the barriers that are in the way of achieving our goals. You can have your say by completing an online survey, which we'll share the link to in our show notes, or you can submit a written submission via education.workforcestrategy at sa.gov.au. The consultation is open until April 30. And while we're talking jobs and developing your career, the department has hundreds of permanent secondary teaching positions available to start in the 2022 school year. This includes positions arising from the Year 7 to High School move. So whether you're a public school teacher looking for a career change, maybe you're a graduate looking for your first job or a contractor seeking a permanent role, and even if you're new to the public education system, you can apply for a secondary teaching position in a South Australian public school. Applications open soon, so if you're a qualified teacher, keep an eye out for what could be your next great job at www.education.sa.gov.au forward slash recruitment. Today we're at Kapunda Primary talking about how you can develop your career in education and why you might want to consider becoming a highly accomplished or lead teacher. I reckon before we start that, Monique, yeah. because you're quite an early career teacher at the moment and I think you've got quite an interesting story in terms of how you got into the profession. Uh, so what, 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 what made you want to become a teacher to begin with? Right, well, initially I wasn't always planning on being a teacher but in that sort of important time in year 12, um, I had a really influential teacher, Anne, uh, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she, she truly made a difference in my life at that time. And then it became my dream to then have that impact on students in the future. And yeah, that's when I guess I realised maybe I want to be in school for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's understandable. But you, um, in terms of getting your break at your current position, Uh, I think essentially you just made a bit of a pest of yourself, didn't you? Absolutely, I sure did. Um, Well, I was TRTing around the western suburbs at the time and working in some fantastic schools, um, meeting students, teachers all around, and that's when I uh, fell in love. I fell in love with my school and the culture, Mm. the leadership, the kids. When I would go to work at that school, I just felt this magic and I said, well, this is where I want to be. Went into the deputy's office and said, I want to be here. And if I have to TRT for four years, that's what I'm going to do. 
because I want to be here. Yeah, I so feel a part of the furniture already. So, And that's when they sort of said, well, we've actually got a contract for you next year. So that was the best day. That's amazing. So it's that combination really, isn't it, of um, like passion and persistence and really sort of being out there. Like it's, it's really about... Yeah letting it known what you would like to do and uh, and demonstrating that to your, to your future employers, really. Yeah. Um, which is a great story. And you're, you're doing really well out there, I know, because I've, I've spoken with your boss. Um, <laughs> we're also joined by Belinda Ramsey, who's a lead teacher, uh, National Assessor and Assistant Principal at Roxby Downs Area School, and Gemma Worrell, who's a lead teacher and student wellbeing teacher at Kapunda Primary School, which is where we are at the moment. So Kapunda Primary uh, in the Grain Belt, Home to Map the Minor, I think also yep. the town home to, uh, is it the most haunted town in South Australia? That is, is correct. That the, is that the thinking? That is correct. And we're in a building that I would suggest is probably 150 years old, so... Yep, this is the old school, bu- school building. Any, uh, any bumps in the night here? There has been some sightings. Uh, in this building in particular, people have felt a bit of a presence. Um, I've never seen anything, but certainly heard. Well, that's exciting. I yeah, think we can we all go. just uh, feel, that a makes us more, feel a little bit more casual. A little bit more anxious about what we're about to be in for. <laughs> <laughs> so away from the uh, the spooky bumps, but and over to Gemma. Gemma, can you tell us a bit about your role as a lead teacher and how it's different from other teaching roles? Because it's not something I think that's well understood. Sure. So my job now as a lead teacher is, and as a leadership member at Kapunda Primary, is to create that magic, I guess, that Monique was talking about. So making sure that that spark and fire that you were talking about, um, you want to help spread. So I think it's my job as a lead teacher at this school to help lead, mentor, support early career teachers and to help them find that magic because we want more of you. And Belinda and I were saying last night that opportunities have arisen from becoming certified and like today we've said yes to those opportunities. So I guess it's about constantly saying yes. The other role that I have gained from this lead teacher process is being a mentor for our early career teachers and there's one particular teacher at this school who um, I've supported through and I want to see her um, become accredited as a highly accomplished or lead teacher because she is phenomenal. So that's really rewarding is creating the Moniques in um, in our schools. So Belinda, you're also uh, a lead teacher. What was it that uh, initially made you want to become a lead teacher? For me, it was about the culmination of my teaching career. I've been in teaching for 23 plus years and it was kind of the natural progression for me. It was the next step. It was my own personal growth but also my impact on others Mm. working in a country site where we have a large number of early career and graduate teachers. I felt that it was a part of my my role and my personal responsibility to ensure that we maintain the high expectations that we have in all schools across all of our sites in South Australia, but also the exemplary practice that mm. we see in classrooms. It's so important for, doesn't matter which career stage you're in in your journey, it's about our impact on others. That's right. It's about our impact on our colleagues. It's about our impact on every student that we teach. So for me, it was absolutely about supporting those and leading others around me. And good leadership is really what makes the difference in 
school. That's yeah, right. As, a te- as an early career, it doesn't matter where you're at. Uh, if you've been teaching for 10 years, if you've got good support from leadership, yeah. you want to go to school every day. And good leaders learn with, you know. Yeah. They learn on the floor, on the ground with you. Yeah. They need to be modelling it, demonstrating and learning with you, not telling you what to do. Yeah. And also the deprivatisation of the practice. It's about modelling that exemplary practice and going in and doing classroom observations and the learning and the constant feedback because we're all learners and we're all growers in this profession. And that, to me, is one of the most rewarding parts of my role that I'm really passionate about. We need to ensure that our early career teachers have the opportunity that, I guess, Gemma and I had when we first came out in our first teaching roles. Mm -hmm. That's right. I think also the process for Belinda and I, we talked about, as a lead teacher now, and Monique, you already sound like you're doing this, it's just measuring your impact, so not... After teaching a lesson, what worked, what didn't? How has my impact been measured? And you reflect after every lesson. It's not just done and dusted. So you're asking the kids, did that work? Did that not work? So you're just constantly reflecting on what you're doing as a, I guess, a live learner. Mm. Um, so I think that's that's different from other teaching roles in that you're constantly reflecting. I think um, too, as a lead teacher, we, we're kind of experts in the standards field. Yes. Um, we know the standards inside mm, out, yes. upside down, because we lived and breathed it throughout our certification process. Mm. So the 37 descriptors at the league mm. level, Gemma and I could, we could talk for another hour about we those, could. couldn't we, Gemma? But we won't. <laughs> no. but I guess just having that expert knowledge and sharing that with the people that we work with on a daily basis right. and bringing it yeah. to the fore of all of our coaching conversations, That's our right. mentoring conversations, our line management conversations, because mm. ultimately our goal is to improve the outcomes of every student in every class. Yep. Yeah, and constantly thinking about that throughout your practice, not just when it comes to putting together a portfolio no. or moving to the next level or anything like that. So I am really interested in the difference between a highly accomplished teacher and a lead. What's yeah, what's involved in that? And is it, it sort of, does it run as a timeline? Do you go to a highly accomplished and then lead? No, it's not fluid. Obviously, we start our teaching career at graduate and then we move to proficient some teachers may choose to stay at that level. uh, Certification process is voluntary. So depending on what's actually happening in your site and your context, some choose to become highly accomplished Mm. or they choose to be lead depending on if they're running a lead project in a school. Again, it just depends. So you might start at the highly accomplished and then go to lead or if you are leading in a certain area, you can go straight there. Yeah, so for Gemma and I, we both went from being proficient at proficient practitioners in our classroom context to lead. That's right. And the descriptors at the highly accomplished level talk about supporting colleagues. Um, So it might be I'm in my middle primary team and I might support the teacher next door and I'm, I'm I'm supporting her and I'm supporting her kids. At that lead level, it's leading a school, leading a group of teachers and having an impact on that more school wide level. So the, yeah, the difference is highly accomplished might be supporting one or two colleagues. That lead is, I guess, leading by example. Which could filter into partnership yes. level as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Belinda, you're a, a national assessor, which I think is an incredibly intimidating sounding title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> got the glasses, so, clipboard. Yeah, that's right. So okay. I guess the first question is, uh, is it intimidating? And, and what are the key things that you're looking for when you're assessing teachers for certification? Interesting question. Mm. I don't find it at all intimidating. I guess 
I've been on both sides of the fence. So I've been through the certification process, stage one and two, and becoming a nationally trained assessor, I guess it just harnesses more of my ability to know the standards and have that expert understanding of them and that deep understanding of what actually happens at classroom level and what we are seeing with our impact widely amongst our teaching crew. Being an assessor has absolutely allowed me the opportunity to network more widely within our department, having conversations with like-minded assessors about what we're actually looking for. And it's a very rigorous process that our aspirants at HALT go through. And for us as assessors, we are looking for clear evidence of teachers aligning their practice to the Australian professional standards for teachers. So what skills have you continued to develop by becoming certified teachers? One of the criteria to become certified as a lead teacher is we had to provide evidence within our portfolios of leading a whole school initiative. Uh, That would have looked different for Belinda. Myself, it was leading change, improving the pedagogy of teaching students with autism spectrum disorder. The school have made significant progress and growth with uh, our pedagogies at that consistent level um, amongst all of our teachers. So in answer to your question, Monique, the skills that I've um, continued to develop since that time of submitting that portfolio is I've continued to roll out whole school initiatives. And some of the things that I've done as a student wellbeing leader at this school is um, I've introduced wellbeing assemblies every fortnight to talk about wellbeing and I guess topical concerns within our school, uh, topics such as casual racism, bullying, uh, using great manners. The things that we are seeing in our yard, I bring to the forum every fortnight and speak, and it's a bit of a Gemma show, um, (laughs) but the entire school gets the same message and then we talk about it within the fortnight, which um, I've introduced. Um, Sorry, that sounds so... It's so powerful. Oh, and I'm like, I want to know more. Thank you. <laughs> so those were just some of the initiatives that I think I've introduced. And I think um, having to provide proof of your lead initiative in that portfolio, it hasn't stopped. Like you just keep on saying, look, it's a bit scary. It's a bit out of my comfort zone. Um, but I believe in it. I'm passionate and I'm going to roll it out in our school. So, yeah, that's one of the things the, that I've kept going since being certified. I guess a skill at lead level and also at certified level is the skill of, I guess, diving into someone else's practice and knowing what we're looking for and aligning that practice with the standards. Also, I guess, knowing our impact, the impact that we have on others, the skill of being able to communicate the language of the standards Mm. is really, really important when we're having pre-observation conversations with colleagues. So that's an area of focus for me Mm. is having the ability and I guess feeling very privileged to be on that side and help support other people's practice and move them along Mm. and support them with their career. That's really exciting for me. The modelling of exemplary practice, using data, supporting teachers to use data to inform their teaching practice is an area that we, we do dive into quite deeply at our site and consistently, again, using the language of the standards. Highlighting the importance of national certification as well. You know, we want to be the best teachers that we can be and we have some amazing operators in sites across all of our schools in our state. It's really important to keep the conversation flowing about the importance of that. And we have a lot of teachers that are aspiring to be highly accomplished and lead teachers and Gemma and I feel that it's our role and our responsibility as leads to support with that. Absolutely. 
You're already yeah. inspiring me. <laughs> oh, excellent, Monique. I've only just made job. it to proficient, but, um, you know, hopefully we'll get that Absolutely. full rolling. Yeah. And when you have the opportunity, and I feel blessed in our site that we do have a large number of early career and graduate teachers, they're the ones that are coming through uni that have already put their portfolio yes. of evidence together. They have a very clear understanding of the standards. Yes. They know about the career stages and... You know, just because we're lead teachers, we don't know everything. So we learn from our early career teachers and I have a really big respect for our early grad teachers that come yeah. out to our sites. Likewise. Well said, Belinda. For those who are kind of on the cusp of this and thinking, God, this might be something that I'm really interested in doing, but, wow, it, it seems like quite a an involved and, and detailed thing to, to get involved in, um, what's, the, what's the message for them? Have a go. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most rewarding experiences in my career. It's actually the pinnacle and a highlight of my Mine career too. to be certified at national level. Yes. Um, a really big thank you to everyone in the National Teacher Certification Team who supported Gemma and I on our Absolutely. journey. It, it's something you can't do alone. No. We as teachers are naturally collaborators. We work together. We work as teams. We need to lean in and ask for support. Can you please come and observe me? Can you offer me some feedback on my lesson? How do you think I could do a warm-up for this particular lesson? It's, it's vital that we have that. And for me, I really would like to get the message out there that it, it's really inspiring. The networking that comes with being certified, being able to attend Holt Summits, um, so Gemma and I have attended two or three of those, listening to Professor John Hattie talking about knowing thy impact. Mm. We, you know, that that's what we do on a daily basis and that's what we hope going through the certification process does for everyone that we work with is knowing our impact and that positive impact that we have on not only students and teachers but also our parents and our wider community. And it filters out again to our partnerships Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Uh, that collaboration is so important. Uh, you do need someone to support you. You need to have someone hold your hand and you do it together and you can do that with a colleague, a line manager, find somebody. But if you're thinking about it, get some support and go for it because there are plenty of pits of despair that you can that you go through because there's a lot of work. Mm. But if you're doing it together, um, you're having opportunities to share with each other, you can get there, but you do need support for sure. Mm. Our department provides that support too. The National Teacher Certification Team runs workshops, which Gemma and I both attended. And I think that's when I first met you, Gemma. Yes. You were presenting at one of those. I was. So we have day one, day two, and day three. And that outlines the whole process from collecting your evidence to submitting your portfolio of evidence, annotating the artifacts and that's stage one and then moving into stage two, which requires a, a site visit from a nationally trained assessor. Mm. I don't have a teaching degree, but <laughs> I'm going to email you about how I can become certified too. Because it, <laughs> like, it sounds like an incredible thing and you guys are um, so passionate about it and such incredible advocates for, for all of it. I mean, it sounds like an incredible benefit for the schools, incredible benefit for the teachers, most importantly, an incredible benefit for the kids. Mm. It's, um, yeah, wow, what a thing. Thank you. And look, teaching is a really busy job and, you know, finding the time to put your portfolio together is tough. You need to dedicate some school holidays to it, but highly worthwhile. And if you've got the support and some time, you've got to make that time happen if you want it enough. But yeah, as I said, we're both in leadership roles now, um, but this certification process and becoming certified as a lead teacher is still my proudest achievement in my teaching career thus far. Same. Are you going to line this up, Monique? Are you going to... Uh 
put in your application like in the next so. few days? You've got I two mentors so. here. We've had conversations, True. haven't we? <laughs> just speaking to my principal uh, just after this, I think. Yeah. Yes. So we're also, I mean, we're obviously out in the country so and we're speaking to two country teachers, country uh, assistant principal. Uh, Belinda, on the way up in the car, you were talking about uh, working in Roxby Downs and uh, going into work dodging emus and kangaroos <laughs> on the way in. Um, so can we just talk a little bit about, like, you've been to Kangaroo Island, you've sort of worked all over the country and out in the regions. What What's the great thing about working in country towns? There are so many. Mm. There really are. Gemma, you would agree. Yeah. I guess... Being born and bred in the country for me, it just means instantly you are supported and you know so many people that can help you regardless of where you are in your journey. I remember walking into Roxby Downs Area School in 1999 and we had a staff of about 59 and instantly you know 59 people. Mm. And then when you have your weekend barbecues or whatever you're doing, it's, you know, you meet partners and family. So you feel immersed in the community from day one. And that's exactly how I felt in all of the schools that I've taught in. And it's also getting to know the parents. I think they're pivotal in the daily work that we do. That's right. Having our parents as a part of the process of educating children is I guess, a number one for me. It's a priority to get to know my students inside the classroom, outside the classroom. Absolutely. What are their interests? Who are their brothers and sisters? Where are they from before Roxby? What's their story? And how can we tap into that? And I think I have seen a lot of early career and graduate teachers come to Roxby that have that have fallen in love with it. I had a three-year plan and 22 years later, I'm still there <laughs> and still loving it and still a part of the community. So it gives you the option to become integral in the community in a range of different ways. So that leads me to why should teachers, maybe graduate teachers or um, experienced teachers, consider working in rural and remote areas? I think that obviously Belinda's context and my context is very different, but we're both country. Um, For Kapanda, I guess we're at a gateway to so many beautiful Uh, spaces. Uh, So we've got the river 45 minutes away, we've got the Barossa just down the road. The drive to work is where I am able to reflect on my job. I am driving past the vines and I love the vines because without sounding like a poet, um, you really see the seasons. You've got the the stark wood in the winter, you've got the budding green blooms in spring, you've got the fruit in, in the summer and then the beautiful autumn colours of the leaves in the autumn. Um, It's just, it's a beautiful space and we can link into those natural resources. Like the exposure to the range of different great things but different problems Mm. um, that schools face. So the breadth of experience is so much broader than it would be Mm. potentially in some of the metropolitan schools. Mm. It is, and I guess we, we learn to be very resourceful. We don't have the opportunity to attend a training and development from four to six on a Wednesday night at the EDC. So we tend to tap into our local expertise. So it might be teachers stepping up and running training and development sessions. It might be tapping into uh, Andamooka Primary School or Woomera Area School, depending on what we're doing. But we we really learn to, um, I guess, grow our own talent and tap into that. I think that's very, very important living in the country where distance is a factor and distance absolutely comes into it. You know, it could even be if students are going on school camp before we get anywhere, 
it's a four or five hour trip. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess just having that in the back of your mind and when you early career or graduate teachers come to, I guess when you look at a place like Roxby, it's rural, it's remote, it's isolated and it is in the desert. So, <laughs> you know, be aware of things like the heat in the summer and distances that need to be travelled. But so many positives. Yeah. The beautiful sunsets. And I guess for early career teachers that are thinking about heading to the country, I guess in Kapunda we've got, and you, when you move into a school that has um, so many parents and family members that are involved in the school, those people are so highly invested in their kids and for the community as a whole. So it's like a family around a family approach. And that's what happens here. We ask the why. We know the families, as Belinda was saying. You, it's really invested, that family sort of feel. Mm, true community, true family. Absolutely. Now, we don't have much time left, but I do need to ask you, what do you love about your school? Gemma, you want to start us off? Because I'm looking around, there's so much. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I guess it's, it is about the community. So many people are willing to help. For our students with high needs that um, don't have food, we've got community members that are making meals, freezing them. Um, we've got local businesses that are donating money so that a child in care can get braces. They reach out. We've got local churches that are on hand. If I text her and say, we've got a family that needs some meals, she will go to Aldi, she will get the food and she'll drop it off that day. So it's just we've got so many people that will put their hands up to say, who needs help? We're here to, we're here to help. For me, the camaraderie that we have on our our staff, we've got quite a large staff and we all work really well together. It's a hard-working team with high expectations and every teacher, educator, parent at the heart of what we do every day are our students. It's about working hard for them. It's about getting better at what we do every day and ultimately supporting the students mm. and improved outcomes for all of the students from reception right through to year 12. But also we have the luxury of our students, quite a few of them stay in Roxby and mm. work because obviously we have the BHP mine at Olympic Dam. And for me, I'm seeing that next generation come through. Beautiful. So it's really nice walking into Woolies in the afternoon and you get the, hi, Mrs Ramsey, how are you? <laughs> and I guess you still have that connection and that contact with the students that you've taught. So I guess it's kind of like a big family in the desert. That's right. And oh. it's about the soul of the school. And if you've got the right team that are invested in the school, uh, like at Roxby, like at Kapunda, then it's going to work for the kids. That's great. Thank you very much, uh, Belinda and Gemma. You're both incredible advocates for, I think, working in the country and pushing yourself in terms of professional development and career progression. And I think, um, I reckon we'll get quite a few... Uh, inquiries and, and a lot of follow-up off the back of this. So thanks to everyone for listening. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Please don't forget you can subscribe to Teach on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts, actually. Or you can head to our website, which is education.sa.gov.au forward slash teach, where you'll also find our show notes. And there'll be a lot of them there, including uh, some email addresses and things that you might want to use to... Um, to contact and find out more information. Along with your own listening, uh, we encourage you to listen to the podcast during staff meetings to generate some discussion. And we'd love to hear from you. So if you have a question uh, we could all learn from, get in touch and send us an email at education.teachpodcast at sa.gov.au. Catch you next time on Teach. See you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>